Hello, my friends. This is the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. And that's Not Just Blowing Smoke. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. All right, everybody, that was Jeff Pitchell's Fat Cigar you were listening to, and that means it's time for Not Just Blowing Smoke. Coming at you live from Twin Smoke Shop Studio Headquarters in Hooksit, New Hampshire. Be sure to subscribe to us right here on Facebook or uh, YouTube, where we are streaming live from. If you are not watching us live, then you're probably listening on Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, iTunes, Google, or basically any other place where they have podcasts. Welcome, everybody. I am Pastor Padrone, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Paul and Pat. Wente. Wente. And Dave. And we have with us our favorite mixologist, Kendra from the 724 Lounge. And Paul. Hey, guys. Hey. hey. How you doing? Welcome back. How you doing, girl? <laughs> <laughs> And um, tonight we are smoking the Aladino Cameroon Elegante, their Lancero. And uh, this is a uh, Honduran Cameroon cigar. That's what the wrapper is anyway. Honduran Corojo for the binder and filler. It is a 7x38 Lancero. And um, what are we pairing with this, Kendra? What have you brought? What have you brought? What have you brought? What have you brought? We are drinking Rowan's Creek. Rowan's Creek. Rowan's Creek. And that's brought to you by the Willet Distillery. Brought to you by the letter W. And it is named after the creek that runs through the distillery. Mm -hmm. It is a small batch bourbon, 100 proof. And I've got to say, I just tried it last this this past week, and it is amazing. Mm -hmm. Very balanced, um, light aroma, and just a little bit of hint of like a maple sweetness to it mm. and a lingering finish. Oh, so. yeah. Very, very nice. Now, uh, for those of you who may not know about Aladino, Aladino was started by Julio and his son, Justo Aroa, in 2016. So 
They're only five years old. It seems like they've been around like forever. And if bad, you're thinking bad. that, it's bad. because they, they kind of have. Uh, Julio is the guy who started Camacho Cigars back around 2000. And uh, that was a huge uh, mega hit back in during the cigar boom. And about eight years into their run, uh, Davidoff bought the brand from them. Uh, but they did not buy the farm that the tobacco was made from, and they did not buy um, the recipes. So um, what you have with Aladino is a lot of um, stuff that was basically the original Camacho stuff. Mm -hmm. And it is amazing. So, we, you know, I asked them, uh, I think I asked a... a uh, Husto, the last time he was on, how does he keep coming out with new stuff everywhere? N no one's coming out with new stuff. It's all pre-predicate -pred pre date. <laughs> Which is, you know, what a business plan that is. You can keep coming out with new stuff when nobody else can. Yep. But um, this uh, particular Cameroon, um, Cameroon is something that um, Julio uh, Aroa is really in love with. And a number of years ago, uh, they started trying to blend it with uh, their own tobacco. And recently they actually brought seeds back uh, and grew them on their own farm uh, down in Honduras. And it's very interesting because they are a lot more hands-on and, and they do different things, uh, raising the tobacco, growing the tobacco, harvesting the tobacco. The way they care for it, it doesn't have the big veins that African Cameroon normally does, and it's not nearly as um, modeled or splotched as uh, traditional Cameroon is. And so you get this much smoother kind of laid-back version of, of uh, Cameroon. But um, So that's a little bit about uh, Aladino and about the Aladino Cameroon. Um, what are you guys picking up? What's your first impressions here of the cigar, the drink, the pairing? Paul. So I've had this, now this is my third time having this cigar. Today? No. Well, yes. <laughs> Twice today. But uh, initially I get a lot of that uh, that nice sweetness from the Cameroon wrapper followed right behind it by the spice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the sweetness lasts maybe about five minutes or so and then it kind of tails off a little bit mm -hmm. and then that nice earthy spice, uh, woody notes just take over. Um, yeah. So I really, really enjoy the cigar, and it's a lot more noticeable on the Elegante mm. than any of the other sizes that we spice. Had. The spice, yeah, yeah. So I think right off the bat, it's more of like a nice medium, medium plus, kind of veering towards the medium full, but mm. incredibly smooth. Now with the Rowan's Creek, sorry, Rowan's Creek, Rowan's Rowan Creek. What's the Rowan Creek? Rowan Creek. It takes away a little bit of the sweetness. It really amps up the, the earthy, woody spice from this. Mm -hmm. So I think it's an absolutely fantastic complimentary pairing. I'm really, really enjoying this very, very much. Mm-hmm. Pat Puente. Pat Puente. This isn't the Puente, but what do you think, Pat? Would you smoke it? Yeah, it's Would good. you tell us so... what you think, Pat Puente? <laughs> it's good. Right after the draw, the palate is getting, like, toasted nuts with some baking spice and then through the retro hair that transitions to more of like a black pepper you get like an intense like spicy cedar note through there mm. 
And then the, the sweetness from the Canroon, I was talking to Paul about this, like Honduran Canroon has, doesn't quite, like the sweetness isn't apparent on the finish, like, you know, what I would see most African Canroons, but it's kind it kind of blends the entire blend together, like the sweetness is just it marinating. the blend together. Absolutely. <laughs> it, it kind of marinates, like all the flavors just together. Fantastic. So. What? <laughs> The sweetness from Hondoran Cameroon <laughs> like brings the blend together opposed okay. to just being through the finish. Okay. Very good. Dave? Yep. 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 Thank you very much for that legal <laughs> anthem, by the way. <laughs> no, I'm getting um I'm so loving the fancy. spice. Fancy. <laughs> the pepper spice and the retro hail is amazing. The the sweetness is uh uh it's crazy good to me. I love it. A little cedar. Some little bit of earth birth earth just gonna say birth well yeah a little bit it's birth a little bit of birthing some oh. cedar here yeah. going forward dave you might want to go um before pat <laughs> <laughs> as a matter of fact you may want to just start the whole thing right over <laughs> now kendra yeah how do you think the cigar is pairing with the, the rowan's well, I think it's amazing. I did. Uh, I I smoked the cigar last night, and I mm -hmm. tried Rowan's um, up against another bourbon, and this hands down was the winner. Mm -hmm. I think it's definitely complimentary, and you know, I think to Paul's point, like I am getting, I I think the spice it gets a little bit like more intense but i also am getting like a chocolatey note where i wasn't getting when i was just trying out the bourbon mm. so i think it is it's it's giving a little bit um to the sweetness it's giving a, a different like aspect to it like before it was a little bit like a hint of caramel and maple now mm -hmm. i'm getting some um a little bit of chocolate and you know a nice lingering spice like oh. a cinnamon yeah, I definitely that spice. Yeah, that. You know the mm -hmm. the one of the things I really love about their Cameroon is it, you still have that Cameroon. The Cameroon's known for its kind of sweet and spicy, you know, uh, uh, flavors, and it's just so much smoother. And the 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 spice is a little bit toned down from what you would get like on a a baka, for instance. Right. Um, but it 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 goes so well with this. Mm -hmm. um, rowan's creek it really the sweetness really kind of it does it 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 doesn't to me take the sweetness away it like changes it into a a deeper richer kind of sweetness yeah that neither of them have on their own agreed now i'm going to say this though that this particular size the elegante mm -hmm. right out of the box brand new mm -hmm. has even more of an intense flavor mm -hmm. than any of the other three sizes, the Toro Robusto and Lonsdale Absolutely. coming out of the book, coming out of the box that we have, that we received last year. So we actually did an episode where we took uh, some Lonsdales from last year, aged them. And then this year we had a, uh, an age uh, episode with the Lonsdales from that were brand new this year. And then ones that we aged from last year. Mm -hmm. And we all agreed that the aged ones, uh, improved significantly. Nothing wrong with them coming out of the box, but no. they definitely improved in terms of intensity, mm -hmm. uh, flavor, the 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 spice. And but this one out of the box, man, it's right up there. It I is. can only imagine what this would be. Oh yeah. Months, or so we're gonna. Really. So well, there you go. Yeah, there so we're go. gonna have to do the same thing. We'll, we'll, we'll take some, age them, and we'll do it next year. Yep. There we go. 
I love getting the show ready <laughs> six months ahead of schedule. That would be fantastic. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, for those of you, you know, who are just joining us, you know, we, we have uh, lost Nick Oteen uh, to the prison system. Not, <laughs> not because he's in prison. Uh. He's, he's running the prison. Although that, yeah, let's not go there. But anyway, we have we have uh, Pat with us, and Pat, um, ironically, you know, we so we've we've got the lawman, and now we have the lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Law and Order. And so, uh, one of the things that Pat's going to be doing uh, as a regular segment, that doesn't mean we'll do it every week, but it's something that uh, we want to try is something called. Pat's briefs. <laughs> that sounds interesting. It does. It's very catchy. <laughs> Can you see the smile we get from Kendra here? She's Pat's like, ooh, briefs. Pat's briefs. It's a rare sight. See that all sight. Screenshot it. <laughs> and so. <laughs> all right, here we go, Dave. All right. So. Uh, and in this segment, we will be looking at uh, some of the legal matters that are going on with the FDA and the cigar industry. And um, what have you got for us this week? Do you want to say anything more about your briefs? Yeah, so... <laughs> yeah, so... Um, yeah, I'm just going to kind of keep up to speed with what litigation is going on with cigars and just kind of inform the consumers what's going on so we can potentially be an impact. So, because knowledge is key. For good, right? Yeah, for good. For good. Knowledge is power. So, and it's important because, I mean, there's only three states in Boy. the country that don't have, like, a tobacco tax. So, right. uh, being New Hampshire, Philadelphia, and Florida. Florida being one of the big manufacturers. You mean Pennsylvania? Pennsylvania. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, <laughs> it's, I was just quizzing About you, Dan. Out of three, and we have another Nick. I was quizzing you, Dan, all right? I was quizzing right. you. Very good. So I thought kind of a nice intro would just be kind of discussing what a premium cigar was being defined as in litigation. What is a cigar? <laughs> Dan? <laughs> so, is that from Nicaragua? <laughs> Nicaragua. So, <laughs> so published by Half Wheel, they reference what the FDA is defining a premium cigar and what they're using in current litigation as a premium cigar. Mm -hmm. And that goes listed as a premium cigar as one that meets all of the following criteria. First being is wrapped in a whole tobacco leaf. Second, it contains a 100% leaf tobacco binder. Third being contains at least 50% of the filler by weight long filler tobacco, meaning that the whole tobacco leaf runs the length of the cigar. Four being is handmade or hand rolled. No machinery was used apart from simple tools such as scissors to cut the tobacco prior to rolling. Five has no filter, non-tobacco tip or non-tobacco mouthpiece. Six does not have a characterizing flavor other than tobacco. Seven contains only tobacco, water, and vegetable gum with no other ingredients or additives. And eight is the weights more than six pounds per 1,000 units. Okay, mm. so is th wow. that's the FDA's definition? So that's the FDA's definition that they're using when they're going in litigation. And where did they get that definition? 
from their experts. From their experts. So their experts say that a thousand cigars cannot weigh more than six pounds. No, less than. I'm sorry, less than six, less than six pounds. If the cigar, if a thousand cigars is yeah. less than six pounds, it can't be considered premium. Oh, it can't be. Cannot oh, okay. be. Okay, all right. So it's got to be six point one. So I would say. So I mean, first off, I kind of want to see what everyone's definition, like if they could formulate a definition or to keep it simple, change something that's in. The current definition, what would it be? And I, I guess a hint would be, obviously, Drew Estates, more than half of their portfolio is something that doesn't portfolio. taste like... Yeah, that doesn't taste something like tobacco. So they have a lot of sweet and artificial... Like, not artificial, but like kind of floral-flavored cigars. Not in tobacco-flavored. Yeah, just infused. Infused, so, yes. Yeah, so obviously they would have a big issue of that definition being in litigation. Mm -hmm. So. Are, we, are you asking the panel now? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so what do we think of that definition? Okay. I, I, and I, I actually was talking to Pat about this yesterday because we were kind of having a little bit of discussion about mm -hmm. what truly defines a premium cigar. Yeah. To me, a premium cigar, and, and I, I agree with them mostly, you know, whole leaf wrapper, 100%. Half leaf wrapper. What's that? It's actually a half leaf, but whatever. Well, I, I, what, my point being that it has to be a wrapper, binder, and filler. Yep. Primarily, the filler to me should be 100% long uh, fill. Long fill, yep. right? And there's no, there's no half here, no 50%. You know, short and 50% long. That to me, to me, that's a premium cigar. Long filler, binder, and wrapper, and not and not infused with any flavors. Now, <clears throat> right off the bat. I would say that means that Tatuaje P1, 2, and 3 is not a premium cigar. Correct. Just, <clears throat> just like the uh, Which would Papa's the Fritas, Papa Fritas and Nasty Fritas are right. not technically, a, to me, a premium cigar. No, no, why not? Because they, use, they have short fill. But why, why does it, it's a, it is a, why does a premium cigar have to only have long-filled tobacco. I'm looking at it through the viewpoint of the FDA because I think the FDA wants to have their cake and eat it too. They well, want yeah. to, they want to be able to encompass as much as they can so they can tax as much as they can. So they're going to include anything with short fill that's up to 50%. Um, and they've, they're, they're segmenting the, the, the uh, flavored, so that's not even in the equation. But I think in my eyes, they just want to be able to tax as much as they can. So they're including... A lot of short fill cigars, you know, up to fifty percent. So it could, you can include a lot of the bundle cigars that we have. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe the, some of the quorums or the factory, the factory smokes, which we just started carrying this summer, are a, little, a mixture of both. Yeah. So technically, to them, that's a premium. Even though, again, we sell a lot of them and, and they're great cigars, but to me personally, I don't consider them to be premium. Okay. Premium is something that to me is like this. This is a premium cigar. I would definitely agree that okay. this is a premium cigar. Again, and I'm going back to my, my original definition that long fillers, 100%, 100% uh, leaf binder, and 100% leaf wrapper. All right. Why should a cigar with mixed filler or not having a binder or filler, and I think of like the Toscano, for instance, mm -hmm. Why should they get taxed more than a premium cigar? Well, I me mean, personally, I don't think they should, but that's a different story. Um, 
because again they they have infused flavors in them the grappe so, that the, some of them do yeah. yeah i mean i know some of them don't but because a lot of them don't have a binder right so i mean they may be premium in some eyes i don't really consider them to be a premium cigar i consider them to be a you know i guess a segment of just a cigar I feel like right premium to me means like it's handmade the fact that it's yeah. short filled or whatever i don't i don't really care the fact that it's made by hand and someone you know it's an art that's what makes it a premium cigar um, i mean regardless of whether the fill is this or that if anything i would think that almost it might even be more difficult to make a cigar half and half than it would be with straight long leaves you know I mean, I think it would be more difficult. So the acids are considered to be premium in your eyes. I think acids are premium. So what if they, you know, added added something after the fact? You know, I mean, we have bubblegum vodka. What what's the difference there? That's discontinued, actually. Another example, Dave. Pepp I'm sorry, Pepper <laughs> peppermint vodka. Whatever, pick something. Peppermint vodka. Yeah. Do they make Budweiser seltzers? That's good on Christmas. Okay, they got. <laughs> I think that makes for a hey, premium Christmas. I'm not. I'm not down. I'm not downing it. I'm just saying they're not attacking it. It's okay because I. I know as a kid, you know, you're you're going to the store to get some really good tasting booze. You're not going to the cigar shop. So the fact that they're even going after flavored cigars is a farce in the first place. That shouldn't even be on the table. I'm not telling them to go after alcohol. I'm just saying, come on now. You're not going after that, and that's a lot more sought after by kids than tobacco. So let's, you shouldn't even be asking that question. What's your thoughts on what you've heard so far, Pat? You're our legal advisor. <laughs> I think it's pretty good so far. I mean, obviously... I think it's pretty good. Well, I'm not going to bash everyone. talking about everyone. the cigar, or are you talking about what we're talking about? I'm talking about what you're talking about. I mean, obviously, the FDA is pretty objective with everything, which is good because when you're in litigation, if you're trying to get like a specific entity to have regulations, you don't want it to be able to be applied in different jurisdictions. So this is like really objective. You really can't look at it and say, well, if only 50% can be this. Well, what if it's this? It's, it's really like black and white. And they're obviously trying to keep the other flavors away from it because they have a different agenda for your like acid lines your tatianas and cigars like that than they do with the regular premium cigars which is to a detriment what's, what's their what's their agenda with the flavored cigars well there's already states that don't even allow them so i think if they, I mean, well obviously if the fda had their way they would just probably do away with everything but the flavored cigars has a lot more pressure than just your regular premium cigars because they're correlating it with being more appealing to your younger generation. Like and they yourself. think, yeah, okay, I was smoking mm -hmm. acid when I was six, right? <laughs> I don't know. Where are you? That's a, uh, cut, cut. <laughs> but so yeah, that that's where the the pressure is. So I think so far. We're doing pretty good with it. So I guess the question would be whether we have flavored cigars be incorporated in this primary definition or if it should be kept separate. Well, I mean, to Dave's, to Dave's point, you know, the uh, take acid, for instance, the cigars are made and then infused. Um, they are all done by hand. They're all long filler. They have, you know... Um, um, wrapper binder filler those three parts that we're all talking about 
The only thing that's different is that some additional um, flavor has been added to this added to the cigars. I mean, what do you do with with like sugar tip stuff? Does that does that constitute a non-premium cigar if you introduce a a brushed sugar cap to the cigar? You have to ask Steve Saka that. No, I don't. His caps aren't sweetened though. Yeah, he sweetens the binder. Yeah, well. Okay. That's what I think, anyway. Well, I think the, the, I, this, the, 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 the jury's out on that one. We all have different. We're not getting the straight answer from him, so we all have our own theories. But, e, but either way, again, just talking about the sober Mesa brulee line, there is some type sober of Mesa. added. There is some type of added sweetness <laughs> there. You can say there is. The you, can say, you can say there the isn't, brulee. but there is. The brulee. Correct. I'm saying the sober Mesa sober Mesa brulee. <laughs> yes. Not the regular silver man. No, the brulee. The brulee. Yes, and the there, blue. Not the blue only. Not the blue only. There's but the, but the, the regular line. And there, the is, blue. there is a there 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 is some type of sweetener there, regardless if it's in the in the adhesive to the cap, if it's in the binder, whatever, it's there. So another cigar that I would kind of <laughs> put the spotlight on would be, I mean, you can take the, you know, the Fuente Anejos. The Connecticut Broadleaf is aged in cognac barrels. That's not but a... that's an aging thing. It's not an infused thing. It's yeah, not injected. Yeah, yeah that's, it's just it's simply aged. It's like aging. It's like, it's like aging. It's like aging barrel, wine yeah. in bourbon barrels. You're just yeah. simply aging it in a barrel. It's just simply sitting there for long periods of time. So where's the fine line between that is the fine after line. the cigar is made or after the leaf is in fermentation like where do we draw the line that this is acceptable and then this is not so, all good questions pat went there so i think that is what we're trying to say here is that a blondie is the gateway drug i'm not trying to say that but i think that's what i think that's what the fda is trying to say yeah. right we just don't want kids smoking yeah right? yeah and that's the goal well, that's, I, that's, I, that's the, okay, here we go again, right? Down this rabbit hole. Can we go down the rabbit hole for a minute? Yes. We don't have rabbit hole, but, we, well, you know, Rowan's Creek. Rowan's Creek can, is, is it tonight. Rabbit hole is also good. We can go with the flow. The, the, <laughs> the, the FDA can't attack the whole industry, so they're going to attack part of the industry. They're going to start chipping away, and what's the best way to do that? What's, to their, in their eyes, what is the most appealing thing to the younger generation, the sweet cigars and that's where they're going to start and tell that to the bikers well okay well right well i mean <laughs> yeah. whatever but e either way the, and i agree with you dave there's a whole we got people who love the premium cigar the the the, the natural cigar and they love their acid they love their deadwood they love their tatianas but they're going to chip away at that and when they in in their eyes when they succeed at that then they're going to come after this Ultimately, their their goal is to wipe out the entire industry. That's in my eyes what they mm -hmm. want to do. See, I agree with what you said, but my take on it is, I think the most like righteous sounding thing is we're trying to stop kids from smoking instead of we're trying to start on this separate entity. You know what I mean? Like it sounds better to the public if they're trying to defend the kids by yep. going hard on like you know your infused cigars, opposed to just being blunt and saying we're just trying to get like your general populace to stop smoking so this is just what we're starting with it you know yeah what I mean? so take massachusetts for example they do not allow anything sweet no sweet no 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 menthol cigar cigarettes <laughs> no 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 acids no no none of, no tobacco, <laughs> nothing nope right 
But what do they do? They find ways around the system. They come up to New Hampshire. They'll get it on. They'll they'll get their friends who live in other states to get it online. Whatever. Mm -hmm. They're going to figure out ways. It's like Cuban cigars. The more you take something away or keep something away from from humans, the more they want it. Although I think in that particular case, we're doing them a favor. Correct. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. I know if Jeff's listening, he's going to start you know jumping on me for saying something not so positive about Cuban cigars. <laughs> You know, half of the ones I've had have been okay to horrible. And I'm talking twenty, thirty dollars a stick. I mean, they're not cheap. Nope. Well, yeah. you know. But uh, you know, I, I think I think that uh um you know, they uh, the the way they do tobacco in most cigarettes these days and in machine made cigars is they get a bunch of tobacco they that's kind of all been uh genetically altered so that the tastes stay the same every crop that there is they get it they grind it up they make this big paper sheet out of it roll it up crush it up however they want to do it and make it into whether it's a cigarette or a a uh, machine-made cigar to me that's not premium a premium cigar is any kind of cigar that is made with actual tobacco yep. that is hand put together mm -hmm. and you know is meant to be you know enjoyed not by Basically, with the the taste, touch, smell, your five senses, but not primarily to be put into your lungs. You know, the reason you have a cigar is not to inhale and and get the nicotine, but I mean, if if yeah, it's know, a tasting. It's, it's a, a it's a tasting, yeah. smelling thing, not a breathing thing. Right. And there's not you know a bunch of chemicals that are added in order to enhance you know in on the for instance on the on the if you go to the tobacconist university website you you can find a list of almost 600 chemicals that are added to every single cigarette 600 chemicals mm -hmm. that just they, so you can breathe it in just just so you know i, I mean and that's yeah. to me that's the difference between premium and not premium not necessarily does it have uh, all three wrapper binder filler. Not necessarily is it full full leaf or part leaf, but is it is it put together by hand and is it meant to be enjoyed? You know, as a as a way of spending your time, not as a habit, not as an addiction, but something that you enjoy the taste, the smell, the sight, the all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I say. Uh, getting up, getting it's it's part of this, but kind of getting up the subject for a moment. Speaking of cigarettes, has anyone seen the movie The Insider? No. With Russell Crowe and Al Pacino. No. No. It, it was basically told the story of the of the true story of Jeffrey Wygant, who was the whistleblower for Big Tobacco, mm. and he was a chemist for Brown and Company, who uh, had he was fired because he disagreed with their 
policy on how they were manipulating the cigarettes mm-hmm. to in, to enhance basically a sensory enhancement. Mm-hmm. They were basically chemically putting stuff into the tobacco so that you would continue to buy you would you, your, your brain it, it, it altered your brain to want it more. And so again, just talking about some of these enhancers there that that the cigarette companies do. That's chiefly what that movie was about. But ultimately, um, in the cigar world, we're not except for some infusion or some some added flavors, we're not enhancing the brain chemicals to right. to want that. So, hands off FDA. So, are we... Is everyone concurring on that sweet cigars should be separate from premium cigars? Or do we think... Does anyone think that infused cigars should be a part of the premium cigar definition i mean i personally again this is just me i'm not i don't i don't cater to the sweet cigars you know i don't i don't like them i don't smoke them you know i think they have their place because god knows acid is what the number one best-selling best-selling brand in the united states States. so i mean they they, they certainly have a market share for it right so um but me to me personally i think this type of cigar you know, in the 1,700 facings that we have that are not uh, infused or, or sweetened um, constitutes, you know, a premium cigar to me. You know, wrapper binder filler, handmade, 100% tobacco, nothing infused artificially or, or flavored. That That's my definition. Now, of here, here, here's my question to you. Is that definition really kind of based off your preference? My preference, correct, in my, in my belief. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's really... You're basing your definition off of what you prefer to smoke. Yeah, and what I think a premium cigar really is, yes. Based on what you prefer to smoke. Yes. Yes. Anything else, Dave? Mm. What's your definition, Dave? Um, What's your belief? I, well, I I already said it. I think it's I think it's any, any luck, Roma de Cuba, premium cigar, any any Aladino vintage Rothschild. Whole leaf, you know, uh, mixed. I agree with Dan. You know, that's uh, no chemicals added. Um, you know, but I think I think you know a brand like Acid is the, you know, is the exception. I think it's a premium cigar. What do you think? What about Deadwood? I think it's well. That's you know the whole the whole Deadwood is just pipe tobacco. Well, it's, it's, Deadwood and natural with, with the sugar in the cap, not raw But they, yeah, it's sugar in the. But they don't. They're not flavored per se. Correct. It's just pipe. It's sweet it's, pipe tobacco. It's it's pipe tobacco that's been sweet. Yeah. That's a and that's a whole other discussion there. Yeah. Like what would luxury tobacco? What be? about tabax? What about Java? Why not? They're they're handmade. That's that's yeah. literally like my biggest thing. If it's handmade and it's not it's not factory and they're not adding in. All these like you know chemicals to like make you whack and stuff like that. No, to make you whack. <laughs> make you whack. You know, there it is, right there. <laughs> if it doesn't make you whack, you must attack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Kendra, you opened that freaking door. <laughs> Segment over. <laughs> oh my. Um, so what's your conclusion from all this? Should the FDA call us mm-hmm. and get I mean, some advice? 
<laughs> Skype them in. If, if I was in litigation defending cigars, I would probably fight like hell to put infused cigars in the definition because that would be a major detriment to the industry if infused cigars were to be put off because how many cigar smokers start off, like to Kendra's point, the gateway drug being the blondie, like how many cigar smokers started with an approachable cigar like an acid. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not talking kids, but I'm saying just your general, general cigar populace, like that is more often yeah. than not something that someone tries to get into it. And I have to say, you know, I'm going to be really honest here. When we have underage people come into the store, it's because the government, the government <laughs> is mm -hmm. looking to catch us selling Correct. to minors. Mm -hmm. We don't have a problem of underage people coming into the store. Um, Nowhere where I've worked, nowhere where I have frequented, has there ever been a problem of underage people trying to get cigars. I mean, I don't know if that's true with you and bars and stuff like that. That's probably more of a thing. Do you, I mean, even with on that end of things, how, how often do you catch people upstairs? It's pretty rare that there's an underage person trying to smoke a cigar, really. You have a problem with underage people trying to get into the bar to drink? No, I mean, luckily, it's been very, very infrequent. Yeah, it, it's, 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 so I really don't understand what the motive is here. I'm sure the, it happens, though. Yeah, I'm sure it does. I, I just don't think it's a pandemic problem requires the federal government to be you know so uh up in arms about this it's just that thinking that cigars or pipes and pipe tobacco are trying to reach out to children i, I just and i mean yeah look at the target I just don't, like i i don't see it like at least in New Hampshire, like minimum wage is like just above seven dollars. Like the the cost of an acid blondie is around what it is for an hour of minimum wage. Like the pricing isn't appealing, in my opinion, to like your younger generation. You know, like you have other. What else is contended? Like you know, jeweling. It, it's like dollars for like a week supply of pods or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't even, it doesn't even appear that the target audience from Drew Estate with Acid is that younger clientele. Yeah. But to your point about pipe tobacco, we won't get into it today, but I'd be kind of curious what everyone's definition of premium pipe tobacco would be, because that's obviously going to be a whole other animal that's going to mm -hmm. be hard to define. But, you know, down the road, just keep your uh, thoughts on it. So mm -hmm. it'll be mentioned. Well, I mean... It, it, I'm a Pat and I are both certified tobacconists, and um, through Tobacconist University, um, it's a uh, uh, I don't know what do you call it. It's a it, it's a formal program that is available uh, across the nation for uh, tobacconists and cigar bars, and so people can get educated about. Um, what they're selling, about how to talk about it, how to enjoy it, and um, their definition 
Tobacco University's definition of a luxury tobacco, which would incorporate both cigars and pipe tobacco, is this. Tobacco products which are created by master craftsmen utilizing premium quality tobacco and intended to be enjoyed while savoring your time. Luxury tobacco is never uh, homogenized, uh, commoditized, or used out of habit or addiction. And, you know, basically, you know, what he's referring to there is, you know, that when he says uh, homogenized is taking the tobacco, making it into this artificial sheet, which is then, you know, chopped up and used for um, uh, cigarettes or machine-made uh, cigars. So if it's the actual leaf and it is being produced by master craftsmen with the intention to be enjoyed. That's what luxury tobacco is. And I, I agree with that definition. I think when I'm, when I'm selling a cigar, to me, I'm not selling cigars. I'm selling time. Mm -hmm. I'm, so I am, because with a cigar or with pipe tobacco, you're not like going out for a five-minute break to get your nicotine buzz. You're, you're giving somebody something through which they're going to sit down, whether it's by themselves or with friends or with family, where they're going to sit and enjoy and relax and make memories. You are giving somebody time to stop. And that is something we all need in uh, this world today. And uh, I certainly need it. I mean, living mm -hmm. in the estrogen palace, I need <laughs> lots of time to just sit and relax. And um, you've got dogs. You need time to sit and relax. Yeah, and I have my husband, too. So you... <laughs> Are you saying that's another reason to, to sit and have a... Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's, that's what it's about. And, and so I look at it that way. And um, um, I, I don't know if I need to say anymore. What do you think, Pat? No. Do I need to say anything more about that? No, I think you nailed the nail. Nail on the head. I think it was pretty spot on. I mean, obviously everyone's going to have different definitions of it. But right. Right. I think everyone here kind of agrees with at least what a premium cigar is. Obviously, there's some contention whether infused cigars should be incorporated in that. But Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we've clarified anything for anybody out there, but uh, <laughs> that's our thoughts on the matter. <laughs> oh my! You need to buy a gavel. And... Let's uh, let's. Yeah, where is the gavel? I don't. Uh, I think it's in the uh, closet. You're gonna have to bring it out, yeah, Pat. Bring it out now. Um, he's not a judge, though. He's a. He's well, a you can be lawyer. the judge tonight, Kendra. Yes. Okay. We'll, I'll take we'll, the gavel. We'll bring we'll bring out the gavel for you. Yep. You probably beat me with it. I might. Yeah, that's right. why it's hiding Keep right now. Keep that thing here, please. Yeah, better than you than me. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> now let's do a little uh, cigar confession. Ooh, cigar, yeah, cigar confession. confession. Uh, something that is drilled into your head as a tobacconist is when you are going through the humidor. And you are organizing all of the boxes and facings and and trays of cigars that are in your shop. You want the cigars in nice, neat little rows with the labels up, with them pushed over to the left. To the left. 
all the half rows need to be pushed to the left. Why is that, you ask? Because people always go from left to right. So you leave the cigars over to the left so that they pick that cigar on the end. And then the next person comes and picks the next cigar on the end. Mm -hmm. I'm here to you tell think... you that that is a load of crap. <laughs> people never pick from left to right. They pick dead freaking center. Sometimes they just dig through the whole box until they find the thing that they think is different from all the others. Is this cigar just a little bit thicker than the ones next to it? They, 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 they pick it up. Them. They want to touch them. They want to hold them. They want to move them. I think the whole reason for saying the cigars have to be to the left is so that tobacconists have something to do after people have left the humidor. Mm -hmm. Yes, I will, I will agree that aesthetically it looks pleasing to have everything <laughs> on one side. Does it have to be the left? I don't know. I mean, but <laughs> it isn't for the reason they tell you. Brad it isn't for the, the reason they tell you. <laughs> yes, I know you pick from the bottom. You're one of the reasons I'm talking about this. <laughs> Paul, what's your experience with this? I will say this. I can count two customers that consistently come into Twins, go to a specific line of cigars, and will, just what you said, Dan, will dig through, feel each one to ensure it doesn't have a plug because they, they can tell which cigars they think they can they, tell. Well, right. They think they, they think can tell. They, they can think tell. they can tell. And they will go through and pick out the three or four that they want, leave the remnants behind, and I'll, <laughs> and then come to the cashier, cash out, and leave. And we go back, and literally it looks like someone had just opened up a Christmas gift, you know, where you have the, the wrap. I mean, yeah. it's literally it's a, it's, a, it's a disaster, and we have to put it all back together. So, yes, there, I absolutely agree with you that it is aesthetically looking, but it... it as far as uh, it does not help the customer, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't help the customer. It doesn't help us. <laughs> no, it does not help the customer to have them all to the left because they're never they're looking for that right. one cigar that's this particular color, or this particular. You know, I I, I know people who well they, should they know pick them we... up and they they literally <laughs> look for the one that's just a little bit thicker, yeah. so they get more for their money. It's it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And what what really i i can't even believe too is you have a full box and then sometimes you'll have cigars in the in the box top there from the end of the last box and instead of picking one of those cigars which are really easy to get out they then tr thumb their way through the box and f try and get out the cigars that are at the bottom but they won't get the cigars that are real easy to get i don't understand that why do you think that is, Dave? Why do you do that? They should know that we already arranged it for them and that their perfect cigar is right there on the left. What do you think, Pat? Definitely an aesthetic thing. I mean, you definitely get people that think we, we put the good ones on the bottom. The only thing about <laughs> packaging... This is in Cuba. <laughs> I'm saving but, this one for myself. I'll put it on the bottom. No one will ever find it. There's a few brands that I'm not going to name because it's really not a big deal anyway that do something that just sets me off, though. And you know the cigars that are in cello that have the like the foot? 
things now that have the foot showing where you can like use that to get the cigar out mm-hmm. easy like in a new yeah. row yeah when that's not centered or the most left or right cigar when it's fresh out of the box i don't know what the production terminology is behind it but it just sets me off because i take it out and i do left or right and i put it on the end mm-hmm. yep i, do the I don't same know thing why it's too. not put it's either like in the middle or on the left or the right Oh, no. the, the the cigar with a little tab on it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe because yeah. they There's know that nobody's going to pick it, the left or the right. Like, it'll be the one, like, third in. Like, it's... I don't know what the rhyme or reason is to it, but when I open a new box up and that's yeah. not right in a good spot, yeah. it just... I've also noticed... I that, have to fix it. That, uh... They, the, it's concerning those ones that are tabbed. Uh, they don't like those ones. There'll be some times when I'll be refilling a box and there'll be three or four... Cigars. Yeah, no one likes the, the ones tab. with the tab up. Nobody likes the ones with the, the cellophane tab, tab up. Yep. Now understand here, I'm not I'm not really, you know, upset that customers don't want the cigar on the end. That's not the issue. The issue is that we're taught that the reason you do it is because people go from left to right. And they don't. They don't. They don't. They don't. So just be honest. You want them to go left to right because it looks nice. Not because you're trying to give the customer the easy the easy thing. That's not it. That's not how it works. Yep. Brad thinks it would be easier if we just left one halfway up. And I'm like, well, then that doesn't look aesthetic. So that ain't going to happen, Brad. I'm sorry. You obviously don't work in retail, Brad. Yeah, Brad. Brad has a lot to say tonight. He has a lot to say all the time. I haven't seen him on our chat in a while. It's because mm. Pat's on. Oh, okay. Well, mm. Welcome back. Just Welcome back, Brad. People. Welcome back, Brad. Yeah. It's good to see yeah, Rod you on You it, you yeah. puff it. That's right, Rod. <laughs> you, you, you rip the cigar, go, pulling Rod. it out. You bought it. That's Congratulations. Right. You just yep. bought a, my knife. You just brought a Cohiba M. Thank you. <laughs> All right, the uh, final verdict here on the uh, Aladino Cameroon Elegante and uh, the pairing. Dave. I thought the pairing went really well. I thought it was complimentary. Um, it brought out a little bit more of the cedar to me, and uh, it kept the pepper and the retrohale for me. I was really happy with it. Pet went Yeah, so the cigar itself was pretty consistent to my first verdict of it, and the pairing definitely is a complimentary pairing. It kind of adds more of like a refined baking spice to the palate that kind of lingers a little bit more on the finish. Definitely better than last week's pairing. Unrefined baking spice. Well, it, it's it's like more balanced. It's yeah. not. It blends together better. Yeah. Okay. I got you. I got you. Mm. Yes, Kendra. Kendra. What did you think of your pairing there? I think it was great. I. Um, <laughs> well, I did. I'm a push I, master. Damn it! This I'm was awesome. Pretty damn good at this. Yeah. Got <laughs> <laughs> yourself in the back. The Kendra. maven of mixology, yeah. people. She has spoken. End of story. Gavel. I thought it was an outstanding pairing. I Ooh. really, really did. Um, I was very happy that Kendra chose this particular Willet tonight. We were looking at a couple of different ones yesterday, and she chose this one, and I thought it was an outstanding complimentary pairing brought out in the last third of the cigar. And I wish this cigar was an A, a 9 inch, because I'll tell you right now, this is a phenomenal <laughs> cigar. Um, a lot of the, the Willet brought out a lot more of the cedar, uh, earthy spice, wood notes for me in the last third. The beginning was a little bit more sweetness, then mm-hmm. the spice took over in the middle, and now it's a little bit of everything. So, um, 
kudos. It's definitely gotten richer. As oh yeah, going yeah. On. This it's is this is this is an absolutely phenomenal cigar, phenomenal drink, phenomenal pairing. Will it pair? Yes, it will. Yes, it will. Oh, 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 oh Dave, that's yeah. a good one. All right. <laughs> so uh, we're gonna take a little intermission here, so we can switch over to the pipes. Uh, pipey, pipey. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere, everybody. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for hanging in there. Uh, we are now doing a uh, relatively new, the latest release of uh, um, Eric Stokeby, his fourth generation Evening Flake. Uh, and from the uh, TobaccoReviews.com website, it has what's on the uh, bulk bag uh, as a description. A Virginia Perique blend Eric Stokeby's fourth generation's Evening Flake is a flake cut pipe tobacco. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> Uh, comprising golden Virginias with a touch of Perique that's hot-pressed for a week before being sliced into flakes. It's manufactured by STG, they say, although Mr. Stokeby says that the place that they are made is undisclosed. Some people undisclose what's in it. He's not disclosing where it's made. So maybe it's STG, who knows? His kid works there, so he has ends. Uh, Virginia Perique blend, no flavoring on this, flake-cut tobacco. And we're pairing something else with this, another Wella. Is that Wella. correct there, Kendra? Well, the Miss last one was well. Will It. Will It. This is Weller. That was Will It. Will it this well. is Wella. Wella. Will It and Wella. Will It and Wella. Will It be well? Will It or Wella? Okay. <laughs> So this is Weller Special Reserve, <laughs> oh. the original weeded bourbon. Mm. So if any of you are familiar with the bourbons out there, this is from Buffalo Trace mm. and very hard to get. Similar to, um, let's see, Blanton's, mm -hmm. the basic Buffalo Trace, Pappy, all of that, Eagle Rare. So I guess what what made me want to bring this tonight is because I have no idea how it's about to pair with the pipe tobacco. Okay. But my whole point is we grabbed um, a Rowan's bottle, which was pretty readily available in all mm -hmm. the local stores. You can't find this bottle. Right. Is it better? I'm going to say it's probably not. But okay. um you know, does rare make it better? Not always. Now, what what makes it? Is it just that they don't produce a lot of it, and that's why it's perhaps, or it's the it's the fact that you know you can you can't find it. So when you find it, you're like, mm -hmm. oh my god, I have to buy it all, mm -hmm. right? So it's exclusive. And if this ever does hit the shelf in New Hampshire, it's like for a day. Mm. Maybe the price point that you told me was the reason why too. Because it is a Weller, and what you say it's around forty bucks a bottle or so. Yeah, it's not an expensive bottle. You just can't mm. find it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. second market, right? You could mm. probably buy this for like two hundred bucks. Oh, there we go. Really? There we go. Good grief. So you know, I think Buffalo Trace—they're kind of doing a good thing by mm -hmm. you know being the most sought-after brand in all of their yep. offerings. But does it really make it better? So I'm going to say it's no. Like the, it's like the but... Opus question. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was talking about before the show. So I think it's relevant to what we've been talking about today. <laughs> it's not. 
Awesome. <laughs> great stuff. It's totally yeah. relevant because there is a ton of really great bourbons that mm-hmm. you can get week after week on the shelf. Yeah. Yes. But it's it's kind of obnoxious to have to hunt for these certain bottles. <laughs> I totally I totally, <laughs> I totally agree. agree. Now that to to that point, what would a couple or three of your like really good ver- bourbons that are available on the shelf all the time that might be overlooked? by people who are always searching for that. Okay, well, one of the more inexpensive great bourbons that's on the shelf right now, actually, I don't know if it's still on the shelf right now, but remember Woodford Weeded? Mm -hmm. That's a weeded bourbon that is really tasty, very Mm. inexpensive, and there was plenty of bottles available. Mm. I haven't looked for it lately, but that was one. And remember the Maker's like limited mm-hmm. edition that we tried? Yep. That was really good also. Another weeded bourbon. That was another. I, I, I saw would say that, that is much better I, than this. I would totally I would totally concur with that, too. Mm-hmm. And I saw it on the shelf last time I was at the store. Yeah. About I a week ago. Yep. Thank you, Nick O'Teen. So there's just a couple that's like similar in price point. Right. But actually And available. similar stuff. Weeded yeah. bourbons. Yeah, it's a weeded bourbon. Yeah. Now, what are your first impressions of the tobacco? And we'll we'll go with uh, Paul's uh, advice, and we'll ask Dave first. <laughs> <laughs> what? The cigar is great. So, <laughs> no, um, I'm you know I always say it. I'm a big Virginia fan. So there's some stone yes, fruit. There's uh, <clears throat> there's a, a little bit of dark fruit too. Um, I think it's. I think it's pairing okay with the bourbon so far. There's a little bit of spice that's on my tongue right now, uh, which I'm enjoying. Uh, the retro hail is very smooth. I uh, wouldn't call it spicy at all. Yep. What about you, Pet Wente? So on the palate, I'm getting... I'm, I'm actually getting spice. And then it's... I'm getting spice, too. Yep. It's really fruity, like dog fruits, light fruits. Dog fruits? Dog. Dog. <laughs> oh, okay. And then it's uh, like this floral aroma, and then the mm. sweetness kind of lingers to the finish with those floral notes as well. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I love the stewed fruits I get from this, some bread, some hay. Um, the perique is really, there's not a lot of perique in here, so you, you're not getting a ton of that, you know, figgy spiciness, but it's definitely there, especially in the retrohale for me. I, I pick up the spice. Um I'm enjoying the pairing right mm-hmm. now. I, I I think it's going along really well. What do you think, Kendra? Are you able to light your pipe at all with yeah, your little bit? Yeah, yeah. That's my yeah, soft yeah, yeah. flame. That's your soft flame. Yep, because my other one bick. broke. Yes. Your other one broke. Yes. <gasps> I know. I'm sorry. We gotta get you a new I'm sorry. one. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think the pairing is is decent because. I think what works with it is that a weeded bourbon cuts the rye out of the mash bill, mm-hmm. so replaces the rye with the wheat, and so I think I think a rye, like if there was a rye content in it, it mm-hmm. would kind of overpower a little bit. So yeah. I think that the the tobacco is actually complementing that spicy aspect. Mm. What do you think, there, Paul? So before I took the drink, I thought, and again, this is actually becoming uh, one of my this year, one of my favorite vapors. Really? And by the, vapors, I'm talking about Virginia Perique blends. Right. 
Okay. So, and we, I remember doing this with Eric Stokeby not that long ago mm-hmm. when we had, uh, had him on, uh, and we did this, uh, as the pipe tobacco. So r- before I took the drink, uh, nice, subtle fruit, nice, subtle spice, mm-hmm. earthy, woody bread notes, mm-hmm. really, really nice. Uh, and the retro hill, really rich spice. Beautiful. Um, with the drink, it is pulling out a lot more the, the, the fruit notes are still there, but it's been pushed back. And is, even though you're talking about a, a, just a hint of perique, it's bringing out a lot more of the perique notes for me, mm-hmm. a lot more spice. Mm. So I think it, it's still a very complimentary pairing because I'm still getting some of the fruit notes, but they've been pushed back a little bit and bringing out a lot more of that perique. So I think it is, I think it's a really good pairing. I'm, mm. I'm enjoying this. I, and I know we talked a little bit about this not being the, the as far as a weeded bourbon, maybe the favorite of mm-hmm. the t- of the panel, mm-hmm. but I think as far as what it's meant to do tonight, I think it's doing a really good job. I can agree with that. I'm I'm enjoying the pairing very much. Yeah. Um, Kendra, can I ask you a weird question? Whoa. Um. Sure. <laughs> I'm going to ask everybody, but I'm going to start with but me first. But okay. you first. Mm. Would you rather I not? Is it a would you rather question? No, it is not a would you rather question. No. Let's do it. What's the strangest thing in your refrigerator right now? Oh. <laughs> Why are you asking me that? Is this a food refrigerator <laughs> or a liquor refrigerator? I'll let you take that however you want. Strangest thing. What is the strangest thing you have in your fridge right now? I think pickled asparagus. Pickled, pickled asparagus. asparagus. That is yeah. pretty weird. Right? Asparagus. Is that good yeah. stuff? Is that good? Pickled asparagus? It's, it's decent, but... What, what, what is pickled... What, what, do you, what, do you, what do you put it on? Put it on. Put it on? Well, it, what did you just say? What, what did you just say? I said, what do you put it on? No, what, but what, what did you say before you corrected yourself? Pitted? I don't know. Put it, I, I don't put it? Or put it in my mouth and eat it. Or in a Bloody Mary. Mm. No. That sounds annoying. Okay, so mm-hmm. my question is, do you pickle it yourself? or no. do you Okay, you don't? Okay. Do you pickle stuff? No. No? No. Nope. You're not into that? She's, I'm not into she's that. She's a pre-pickler. Yeah, I buy, I buy it pickled. Post-pickler. Post-pickler. Post-pickled. Post-pickled. Yeah. And then in my downstairs alcohol fridge, I have a dragon fruit syrup. Mmm, my son would love that. coconut milk in it. Wow. Dragon what? fruit syrup with coconut milk. Where do you find that? I made it. You but made I, I added coconut milk to it. You're going like to have from to a, me Like from Thomas. a can, or did you take a coconut and milk it? No, I just from like a carton of coconut milk. Carton of coconut Dragon milk. fruit, what's it called? Dragon fruit syrup, which I made, and then I put coconut milk in it. How do you make? How do you make? How do you make dragon fruit syrup? Yeah. Well, you're just boiling like sugar water, and then putting like slices of your fruit in there, and then it all like infuses and gives it color and flavor. Yeah. Wow! Is this a recipe you found at two o'clock in the morning when well, you couldn't sleep? Yeah, like I wanted to play around a little bit. <laughs> isn't dragon like... fruit like just white though? Uh, Mabel no, needs to get up and go like out. I might as well make some syrup. Boy, she, she, right. she is the potion master. It. I'm telling you. So you have the peel plus the pulp. Okay. And so it gives it a nice pink flavor. Nice. Yeah. Pink flavor or pink color? Oh, pink See. color. So what would you use that? What would you use that with? In a 
with like some vodka or something. Okay, so you you would <laughs> you would add vodka yes. to that, and that would be a drink for you. Yeah. Okay. Is he, are you going to offer that at the bar, or no, is that no, just, no. just this your own? No, no, no. This isn't anything recent. Oh. It's just me playing around at home. Oh. Yeah. When Mabel needs like to go to, out in the middle of the night. No, I like to buy exotic fruit and like see what I can do with it to make mm. it sound really pretty in a drink. You know. Okay. I'm just trying to be good at my job. Uh, I'll say you are good, right? Okay, no kidding. <laughs> you got to let me know if you. A lot can. of trial and error. It you doesn't have. Mu- it doesn't. Ha- Dragon fruit doesn't have a lot of flavor. It's prettier no. more than anything. Yeah. If you if true. you if you bring it into the bar, you got to let me know because Thomas would be all over that. Oh he yeah. Loves, all he all every oh, time we go to, to the market like, basket, we get a dragon fruit juice. That has to do with like a video game or something, like Dragon Ball Z or something. Mm-hmm, probably. No, dragons in general, he just loves. But What's yeah. with the he loves legs. dragon fruit. Yep. Mm-hmm. What about the um, mother of dragons or the house of uh, Targaryen, like Scott? Oh. He was never really uh, into. Uh, well, we've never had it, but well, he's never, never had, had it. I've had it. But, he wasn't into Game of Thrones. No, he wasn't into game. Well, that's he, too bad. It's well, he he's Revisit actually it. like a shy guy. When he sees anything like that, like I don't know, like explicit, he he shies away and covers his eyes. Oh, okay. You know, he doesn't. You know, it's still a really good funny. story. It's a good series. Like when people kiss, he'll he'll turn around. It's he's he's pretty he's he's innocent. I love him. Oh, he is sweet. One of my favorite scenes from Game of Thrones was when. Um, I can't remember. It started with, I think the city's name started with an M. Remember when they were, um, these guys were attacking this city and, um, the city where all the slaves were that they, that they had rescued Mm -hmm. and the three dragons come out and, and, and you got, you know, little, uh, little midget dude there, you know, talking with the people and, and, uh, the dragons just decimate the, the fleet and then Tyrion. Tyrion, yeah. Tyrion, yeah. It, that that's one of my favorite scenes in the whole it's thing. It's such a good show. It's, I watched yeah, it twice. It's really it's really really good. I'm a, I'm about I gotta get it a second place. I'm about to watch it again. It's just you that's really, one of the really best really shows on TV. Well, what was on TV, but that was one of the best yeah, series. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The books are better. You guys haven't read the books. Nerd. Yeah. You did. Yeah. Well, the show goes beyond the books, but mm-hmm. they're still yeah. making the books. Yeah. Yeah. Except for the last last season. Well, yeah, the last, last season. season it's like the Sopranos. The last season yeah. just was really a well, downer. The, the last season was made up. They didn't, it wasn't even by the book. I know. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, you can tell it was not good it at was, all. It was ahead of the book writers. They just had to do like a happily ever after finale. And then there the is no happily posted. ever after when everybody <laughs> died. Wait, if you can, Game of Thrones. Well, <laughs> I'm not going to spoil it, but... Can, from what supposedly the book's supposed to end, the the TV show ending was considered happily ever after, if you compare it to what they planned for the book. Really? Okay. Mm. Mm. That was great. Mm-hmm. Right up there. But, you know, my other favorite TV show of all time, as far as that whole kind of thing, the remake of Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, that was a really good remake. That was amazing. And the the... The opening episodes of the third season of that show were like the two best episodes on TV ever. And then the fifth season just kind of petered out. And Yes, they wrapped everything up, and that was all nice that the story had a beginning, a middle, and an end. But they just kind of lost it in the middle. It's, it's, it's too bad, because that show was so good. Amazing. Isn't, Every- isn't that a... Uh very depressing when you have a, an unbelievably great series 
-hmm. and the last season just leaves you just blah. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's like they put in. And here's the thing: they usually put a lot of time hyping it up. Mm -hmm. And and the like again, The Sopranos. They hyped yeah. that up for two years before mm -hmm. they the sixth season came out, and it was just I I thought it was terrible. See now, The Sopranos is a show I have not seen. You got to watch it. You've got to watch that. It. Oh yeah, my I've god! I've never it's seen The fun. Sopranos either. You, no. you guys have got get out get outside the fantasy you know world for a moment. I and do, yeah. I do that. But like, but like the, uh, Pinky Blinders. Well, watch that. Give yourself that give yourself some time. Give yourself a few months to to just binge watch that. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, I think you'll find a great series. It is one of my favorite of all time. And you ever watch Breaking Bad? I started to, and I. Just couldn't get into it. Oh, God. same with me. But then I went again and I watched it all. Yeah. Breaking Bad is probably, along with The Sopranos, my two favorite of all time. See, I like Breaking Bad. I didn't like the wife and the 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 son, the home like thing with Walter, but I like the the other part of the story. Well, it kind of shows you that you know any obnoxious. Yeah, but I think that she was pushed into that role because of his trying to hide what he was you know he was mm -hmm. a genius who unfortunately went down that road to, to he thought he was going to die and he meant to take care of his family and next thing you know he's trying to he's building this empire you know yeah. he's trying to hide everything and then he took his family along with him you know it's unfortunate but mm. it's a sad ending but it uh it it's just a phenomenal series it really really is best and probably one of the best acting too with him he was mm. he was really good he was yeah. fantastic yeah. yeah but paul yes what's the strangest thing in your fridge right now you'd have to know. ask nicole that because you don't I, know what's in your I, own I, I look at the refrigerator sometimes and i'm like what is this that she bought this week because mm. she she's into like a lot of these natural you know she's you know she i don't know it's hard to describe there's a lot of different you know, either either fruits or beans or or vegetables that sometimes I've never heard of mm. that she's using to either blend something up or or add to a, a recipe, or whatever. And it, it it's uh, <laughs> it's indescribable. <laughs> I love her, but I'm telling you, it's like it's it, I I'm just a more of like a meat and potatoes kind of guy. Mm -hmm. And you know, she and she's the cook. I'll tell you that I will say this: if if you had to choose. Between me and her, who's going to cook your meal? She's the one. You want she, her to cook. She, she's going to. I'm a griller. She's a cook. She's a she's a chef. She will she will cook you, and and yeah. do a, a nine ninety nine percent of the time she cooks something really really good. So I I don't I don't ask questions. I just say, what are you making tonight? Okay, that that sounds good most of the time. Such a good guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You learn. It's yeah. just don't yeah. even bother. Yeah, yeah. As long as there's no tofu. Pat. Pat. Don't worry, I'm not going to ask you that question. You probably don't even have a fridge. You're your, like parents' fridge. That's not fair to ask. I have a mini fridge. You have a mini fridge? Yeah. yeah. The weirdest thing I probably have isn't even that weird, but... Cannabis? I'll like... No. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes cigars in there, but... Um... That's what I was going to say. He has cigars in his fridge, probably. Yeah. But, um... I'll, I'll like make a coffee in the morning, mm -hmm. and I'll keep it in the fridge for nighttime to make iced mm -hmm. coffee. That's yeah, probably the weirdest. I, thing. I love that. That's the weirdest thing you have in your fridge is a coffee. Pretty normal guy, Paul. You know? Really, there's nothing like you know, you know, bodybuilding type of you know, 
herb or I don't you know, consider it weird. I mean, I have like protein that. and like stuff in there, but you know, that's, mm, that's kind of just common stuff, though. Mm. Dave, do you have anything weird in your fridge? You, um, you can include mold, Dave, if you want. Pizza from a year ago. <laughs> I'm aging. I mean, the pizza. Pizza. I'm aging it. It's <laughs> aged. Give me a break. I'm aging. I'm aging. Say edible. We know what is. What, what to say? Like. What's edible? And we'll, we'll uh, peach oh salsa. Peach salsa. That's as weird as it gets. Yeah. Yeah. Hit the, hit, don't even hit the table. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Session over. I am. I have three. Peach salsa. Actually, really four. You, you count my wife. Four wicked, picky people. There's nothing weird in my fridge. My problem is that there isn't anything weird in the fridge. It's all really blah stuff in the fridge. Really? Probably the weirdest thing I have in my fridge right now is blue cheese dressing. That's probably the weirdest thing that's there really? because nobody, nobody eats nobody it. Eats it. <laughs> Even I don't Delicious. eat it. I don't, know how, I don't know how it got there. How did this get there? Blue cheese dressing. I don't know. For some That's, buffalo wings. That you see, they'll eat the buffalo wings. They won't eat the but blue they cheese. They want the hot. They don't want the blue oh, cheese. Oh okay. my god! Got to have a little blue, wow. little bit my, of blue cheese. My youngest daughter Ray loves hot sauce. Mm. Loves Me hot too. sauce. Every yep. freaking week, I'm going to the store and getting a new bottle of hot sauce. Yep. Mm -hmm. Her favorite thing to do. <laughs> is she takes a cracker or a pretzel, whatever she can get, puts a piece of cheese on it, maybe a piece of pepperoni if we have it, and then she takes the bottle of hot sauce and, like, does this and then eats the cheese. Oh, wow. I mean, that's what she does. Yeah. Ch it's like a the, the, the cracker and cheese chases the hot sauce that she just guzzled. Oh. Or vice versa. She'll That's take intense. that. That she loves doing that. That's and literally, a, a bottle of hot sauce will last about two, three days. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Because she drinks it. But she she loves hot stuff. I'm gonna give you some ghost pepper cheese. Ooh. Hi. She would. She would. Do you have ghost pepper <laughs> cheese in your refrigerator? I know. What's up? Yeah, Chalmer brought some, and I. It's a oh. huge chunk. Mm. Did he give you any of the deer bologna? I've tried it. At oh bar, my yeah, gosh! But he didn't give it to me. My <sighs> bologna. I haven't had it either. But I'm it's dying Rudolph. First. <laughs> I'm so jealous. That's so cool. Mm. Yeah. So, so Tabasco was probably my all-time favorite mm. hot sauce, and I have to have Tabasco the, and eggs. The, thank oh, you, Dave. God, yes, yes, Tabasco yeah. and eggs, eggs without yeah. a doubt. Every morning, that's my thing. That's mm. I love it. Uh, and I'll put that on my chili too when I when mm -hmm. I cook it. I haven't cooked it in a while, but that's what I'll have with it. Mm. But Tabasco is without a doubt my favorite hot sauce. Right. Yep. Gallons um, a year. What about Cholula? Cholula is, is good, but I, I'll only have that with like uh maybe like a a, a steak or, or you know, maybe something like a mm. I'm gonna make a taco or something. That's that's taco. but even then it's it like uh <laughs> there's another there's another hot sauce. Um God, I came in. The name escapes me right now, but we have it in the refrigerator. But uh, Ch yeah, Cholula is great. I love that. Tabasco is my all-time favorite. Uh, Tapatio—that's the one I was thinking of. Tapatio. If we're gonna have anything on, on a like a uh, Mexican night or something like that, Tapatio was probably my favorite. Uh, you want to know what Brad Christie 
got out of your whole conversation about the cigar. What? I wish this was a nine-incher. <laughs> yes, Brad. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. It's okay. He's not watching. <laughs> wow. Now, Dave. Mm. Dave. Mm. What talent would you want to possess oh, if geez. you could that you do not currently have? Oh, don't worry. I'm not looking for something like work ethic. You know, think of think of a talent. Sick, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Order in the cord. <laughs> what talent would you like to possess, Dave? I wish I could play bass like Getty Lee. I knew that was going to come into yeah. play. Something Rush related. Or play drums like Newport. Either one. Yeah, drums would be yes, Dave. Yeah. Drums would be the the one. You look like a drummer. You look like Nick Laramie. <laughs> that's a compliment. compliment. That's a compliment. You know? a compliment. It is no, that's a compliment. What about you, Pat? Pat Wente? If you could have any talent that you don't <sighs> currently have, what would you love to be good at? Probably dancing. You're not good at dancing? No. Not at all. You're one of those white men can't jump things. Yep, that's it. I suck at it. It's always an embarrassment. (laughs) I I bet you could do a mean robot, though. Oh, boy. (laughs) Um, Kendra does everything well. It's a really hard thing. Great personality, too. Mm. <laughs> you know, if you were Lisa, it would be. I wish I were nice. <laughs> I used to be nice. I'm, I'm not anymore. That's not really a talent, though. That's that's more of a personality trait. Hmm. Yeah, come back to me. Come, I'll uh, come back to you, Paul. Yeah, I wish I had better better skills in the kitchen in terms of cooking i mean I, I i can cook reasonably well but you know again maybe it's just because i haven't given myself a lot of time in there um, <laughs> you don't burn but i i no no it's not even that david it's it's i, I i'm a i'm excellent on the grill and i want to get myself a smoker so i can start smoking meats mm. um, but in terms of actually <laughs> you know the the meat. domestic <laughs> being more of a of a everyday in the kitchen uh use this as an example maybe more like a julia child's type of person where i can just like throw these things together and, and create this this wonderful meal that's that's what i wish i had the talent for and again i, I live with someone who has the talent she's she's yeah. really really good she can put she she'll she'll create these these dishes on the spur of the moment just by looking at a recipe and then boom 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 and then it's done and i'm like i'm like how the hell did you make this this is so good and uh so she's got a she's got a feel for that and i yeah. i kind of wish i had that for me, it would be it would be being able to be more of a handyman kind of guy, or to to deal with building things or understanding how things go together. Mm-hmm. I'm just not, I'm just not good at it, and it's. I'll uh, always be here to do your break. My Dave. my you know my dad was great at that. My wife's dad was great at that. If if Mandy could change one thing about me, it would probably be that, you know, because to her, you know, especially with her growing up with that, you know, her dad took care of that problem. 
If you have a problem with your car engine, I can't do a dang thing about it. I have a hard enough time changing the, the light fixture in a room. It, nothing, nothing seems to go like it does on those YouTube videos for me. Yeah. If it's a five-minute YouTube, you know, this, this only takes a few minutes. Just do this, do that. No, not with me. It's a 90-minute thing. Three other people have to end up getting involved. Extra tools need to be bought. It's just, you know, and, and so here I am in a, in a really old house that has lots of little projects that need done, and I am, like, not good at any of them, and it frustrates the bejeebers out of me. I think it's just giving yourself the time to actually do it and, and do it slowly, and then when you, you learn from doing, because that's how I've done stuff over the years, mm -hmm. is just by trial and error but giving yourself the time maybe maybe you don't have maybe you don't have enough time maybe i don't maybe i don't have I mean, enough time literally I mean, if, you're, if you're if you're working at twin 60 hours a week and you, <laughs> you pass the ring and you're de dealing with your family yeah. and all that you don't have a whole lot of time by Dan, the time so. i get by the time right. i mean one of the there's some stuff that needs done outside the house that were you know like just you know little shingles that need replaced you know some some uh um clapboards that you know i'd love i'd love to replace well you need two things for that you need a time when the sun's up yep. and then it needs to not be raining because you can't do that stuff with everything wet and whenever i'm at home <laughs> it's raining <laughs> or i'm here and the sun's out it's like it's ah but yeah i it's finding that's and so i have to pay for people to do that stuff for me I, i'd love to be able to do it one of the things that i really wanted to get into because i you know the light you know carpentry work or things that mm -hmm. i used to do around the house but i really wanted to get into is woodworking mm -hmm. really i mean there's a place up in canterbury that uh, epic woodworking shop that mm -hmm. uh, i've always wanted to go there for a weekend and take a course and uh, the guy's uh he does a lot of uh tv work and he does a lot of you know, courses and and uh, I've always really wanted to get in there and really learn how to like make tape, like, and, and I'm talking fine make, tables. Make tape. Tables. Oh, tables. Tables. You know, and and like you know the old mm. historic tables, and and he he'll, he'll take things from certain uh, periods of time and show people how it's done and, and mm. the materials you need and all that. That's really what I would love to yeah. really dive into if like, I had the time. But like, it's time. But it's time. Like of, like that. You one know? of our listeners made this for us. Yeah. You know, and, 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 you know, this is something I, I'm amazed, Matt you know, Fisher. that Matt Fisher made that for us. Yeah, and Matt Fisher, you ever see some of the stuff he brings into the shop? Yeah. Oh, my God, it's phenomenal. That snake cane oh that he God. made. Oh, my God, that's artistry. That's, yeah. that's talent. I've always been good at art on the paper. I can draw, I can paint, I can do all that stuff. Make it three-dimensional, all of a sudden my talent, however, whether it's considerable or not, just drops by factor of 10 but that's like the desire and and the time and commitment that doesn't come i mean people have, may have talent but they still it may be raw talent but they have mm -hmm. to refine it they that's that's something that takes time mm -hmm. you just got to give yourself the time to do it so wow. it's with everything that you know we talk about you got to give yourself the time to learn how to fix things in the house or well maybe we can have a twins day at, at my house and you yes. can come over and help me learn how to do all this stuff. i will do that kendra can make dragon milk <laughs> <laughs> don't forget the vodka. <laughs> no, please don't forget the vodka. For the love of God, please don't forget the vodka. Now, have, have you had time now to think of maybe something down? Yeah, you I mean, like it's 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 pretty boring, but uh, 
One thing that I've always wanted to do that I think I could benefit other people was to like teach in a way, but like public speaking mm. like that freaks me out so bad to yeah. the point of like panic attacks and in a previous career that I had, you know, they would do like for our annual like leadership meeting, it would be like a blind like pick of who's going to present these mm -hmm. meetings. And I got picked once and <laughs> woo. Mm. And even though I could be like an expert on the topic, mm -hmm. I get inside my own my own head and yeah. I'm like I can't do it. So to have the confidence or the talent to actually be a great like public speaker and to you know, actually, I don't know. This is benefit. like a gateway for that because you're know. like public speaking, but you're just looking at a little camera there. Right, but it, to be in an auditorium with a mm -hmm. hundred plus no. people, it's just I can't, I can't do so it. So many people have that. Scene. I know, but that's something that I really have always wanted to do mm. because. Again, I was put in a position where I actually was an expert on certain things mm -hmm. and I just really just couldn't do it. Yeah. And I could have done better at my job, I guess, in a sense. So, well, I you, guess you, well, you get a hundred people in the bar sometimes, don't you? Yeah, but I'm not. Do you have a yell at them and tell them to grab a microphone and like <laughs> talk about a subject? Here's could... how it's going to go, people. I yeah. bet you could do that <laughs> one customer at a time. Yeah. Was Do that, we serve water at this bar? What does that mean, Dave? <laughs> yeah. You know, no. you know the secret to that, Kendra? Go back to the old Brady Bunch episode where, where uh, Masha was learning how to drive. Was it Masha was learning how to drive? And, mm -hmm. and she was all nervous, and someone told her, it was her father or mother, told her, just picture him in his underwear, mm -hmm. and everything would be fine. So just picture them all in your underwear. Picture them all in their underwear, yeah. and then you laugh and throw up it just, <laughs> it's okay never, never really works that way though mm, yeah. no. no no it was I, I i don't i don't know what i used to be deathly afraid of speaking in public and then you know i it all just it all just turned around on me i got into drama club in high school and and uh all of a sudden it all just and maybe some of it was the lights were so bright I couldn't see anybody in the audience. Yeah. So, and and that kind of helped me get over that. But, but yeah, I mean, my my girls, you know, last year, you know, it was all distance ed with COVID and everything. They were still afraid of doing oral things when they were sitting at home mm -hmm. to their class, most of whom was not even watching the video. You know, they they just have the audio on or the video on and the audio off you know so you can't hear what they're doing but but even then it was scary yeah. when they weren't in the same room it was just it's nuts i'll tell you i'll tell you you know like this this past sunday i i was speaking you know at a church i'm doing it again this sunday and when i get wiped out after i've done that you know because when you're speaking you you're like having to connect with all those people too mm -hmm. and it drains the bejeebers out of you. I, I end up going home and, like, taking a nap. Yeah. Well, that could be why on my day off I'm so tired, too, from interacting with so many people. Yeah. Well, I totally yeah. I totally get that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's, that's, you know, for a lot of people in the service industry, even though it's not, it may not be the most physically demanding thing, 
having to deal with with people all the time that that drains you a lot it does especially when you know and like your business you smile and wave make the call well you're on center stage all the time every day with every customer you're 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 the center you're in center stage there Mm -hmm. maybe one thing that you might want to consider too is maybe toastmasters Ooh. It's it's a it's a group. It's usually offered in a lot of cities where you uh, go to these little meetings, and they they kind of uh, coach you in terms of how to uh, public speak to small groups, and they they work with you, and they they critique you, and they work they, they help you become a much better public speaker. It's actually really really good. Oh, okay. And then if that doesn't work, then mm-hmm. you know, smoke another pipe. <laughs> 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 oh my god uh, well i you know i wanted to do something about what's going on at twins and what's going on at twins is the barbecue but the barbecue is sold out yes if you have uh not gotten your ticket yet uh well well, well sorry we'll, we'll see you next year we'll see you next year <laughs> we, we sold out um we, we told you it was going to happen and it and, did and it happened so you know it's going to be it's going to be on uh the 18th of uh september oh. and just a few weeks away now it's yeah. going to be a really good time mm-hmm. kendra will be at center stage yeah. kendra will be at center yeah. stage you'll be on you'll be that on the microphone announcing the rabbles too. september 18th september 18th, september 18th yeah. is your birthday so pat's working like a 14 hour day <laughs> mm-hmm. nice. Nice. nice all right now it's 15. <laughs> awesome love it uh it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time but uh that's that was awesome that it sold out and everything. Yeah, good. Um, I you know I think this is the earliest it sold out. It yeah. is, yep. and that's that's awesome too. Um, let's see, we got a few minutes left here, so why don't we do a little "Would you rather" question here? Okay, Dave. I feel mm. like that was just our "Would you rather" almost. Like, oh. what what talent do you want? No. Well. What talent do you want? What's the alternative? <laughs> Dave, would you have you done the would you rather thing? Oh, uh, yeah, we can we can do it. Yep. <laughs> what, You're serious. What okay. was that? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's been done. The thingy. Okay, Dave. Go ahead, Dan. Thank you, thank you, Mr. Producer, mm-hmm. for producing. You have been um, produced. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Dave. Would you rather be stuck on a broken ski lift? Or in a broken elevator. Depends on who I'm with. <laughs> yeah, Public or private, right? <laughs> well, oh, if man. I was stuck with Lauren in a oh, box man. of La Roma de Cuba Robustos, it wouldn't really matter. <laughs> Facts. Oh, man. Um... <laughs> Jesus, oh. I don't think Jesus has anything to do with the question, Dave. Would you rather be stuck on a broken ski lift or stuck in a broken elevator Um, by yourself? Oh, by myself. Well, I don't know. Either one would really suck. The, uh, I, I suppose, you know, I, I suppose I'd choose the elevator just out of the fact that at least it probably would be warmer. If I was on a ski lift, it'd be cold. Because it's a ski lift. 
Kudos, Dave. Kudos. I would rather not get frostbite. <laughs> thanks. For, yeah. Can't argue with for, that, uh, one, Dave. Thanks Nobody for giving us. said it was in the winter. Why would I be on a ski lift if it wasn't in the winter? To see the views. Pat Wente. I'm definitely more claustrophobic than afraid of heights, so I'd go for a ski lift. You'd go for the ski lift. I'd go for the ski lift because I can jump the f off. <laughs> Some ski lifts are pretty high. Yeah, well, it depends. You, oh. you didn't say the how high I'd be up there. No, no, I did not. True. Paul? Now, normally I would say I want to be warm versus cold because I can't stand being cold. Okay. However, in this case, I'd rather be stuck on the ski lift because if it worse comes to worse, I could get out of that contraption, climb up to the, to the, to the wire, jungle gym it to the post and climb down if i really really needed to or smoke a cigar or smoke Ninja a cigar warrior <laughs> over here yeah he's gonna shimmy down the wire yeah because yeah, just think about it you have the you have the you have the ability one way or the other whether you want to jump like kendra or jungle gym it like me to get out of it if you really wanted to in, a, in an elevator you don't have that option true true unless you can do what Bruce Willis did in Die Hard. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, come on. You can always open the top vent and go out and, and climb up the ladder. Then you get smushed when it turns well, back on. That's a little oh, difficult yeah. if you're in an elevator shaft, Dave. I don't think you have no, much you climb, options. Climb up. Well, you could, but, I mean, it's a little bit more difficult. I'll take the ski lift. I don't know. Okay. I mean, either. I'm, it's a I'm, risk either I'm, way. I'm more, I'm more of a height guy, so I would pick the elevator. Scared of heights? I, I'm... I'm I'm not one of the guys who likes going on the ski lifts because I'm white knuckling it the entire time. I can't. I can't. I'm not very good at that. Did you ever ski before? Yes. And? The guy who taught me how to ski was a not nice. <laughs> he was one of those guys who thought, kind of like you, you learn by doing. Mm-hmm. So he took me to the top of a black diamond thing. <laughs> Mistake number and one. Sent me sent me down the hill. Yeah. And I fell faster than most people were skiing. Yeah. <laughs> and eventually just grabbed my skis and just slid on my butt down the hill. Right into the tavern. Right into the tavern. <laughs> Hot chocolate time, people. <laughs> that's it. That's I funny because that's like how I learned. The first time it was a mistake. We went up to the top. We went up to the top of the mountain to a black diamond trail because we went on the wrong lift. And I can remember just skiing down, falling over, skiing down, falling over, skiing down, falling over. Every time I thought I was going too fast. And then by the time I got to the bottom, I got the hang of it. And I was like, wow, let's do that again. We didn't. Yeah, and then no, I didn't fall no, over anymore. This, okay. this, this body was not meant for that kind of work or sport. Oh. I'm more of a tube kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do snow tubing, but no snow skiing. No, 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 no. no tubing no. can be dangerous. Gravity though. has too much of a hold over this. Yeah, but tubing can be dangerous too, Dave. Dan. Yes, it can. Yes. Yes, it can. Especially when you come to the end, it can be very dangerous. If I land on my end, it can be dangerous too. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, people. Mm. That's that's about it for this episode. If anyone is still watching, it's about to be over. <laughs> um, next Monday is Labor Day, and we will still be here. 
um, doing a show for you for your entertainment while you're sitting at home around some kind of picanica or barbecue or something like that. With my luck, it'll be raining. Yeah. But uh, we're going to be celebrating in style here on the show. We're going to have the Sin Compromiso number five from the nice. Tobacco and Trust. Very nice. And Gawith Hogarth's Dark Bird's Eye. It's yeah. a strong tobacco episode here on Hot Spool and the Smoke. Yes. You're not going to want to miss it. So we'll see you here next week. Thanks for watching, everybody. And that's Not Just Blowing Smoke. You've been listening to Not Just Blowing Smoke the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and keep in touch with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at notjustblowingsmoke. Thanks for listening, everybody, and that is Not Just Blowing Smoke. Rolling with the top